Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Good morning, church. I first of all want to say thank you to all of you and to many of you this morning for your prayers. Amen. Our God is a God that answers prayers. And this morning, my prayer is that our God will speak to us very clearly. Just about this same time, January 2020, many of you remember, almost about three years ago, almost forgetting it. As much as we had wished our loved ones Happy New Year, not very long, the doors of this world began to close down on us. And specifically on January 21st, the Center of Disease Control, the CDC, made an announcement that almost shocked every one of us. It made our turkeys of Thanksgiving feel sour. And it made our bouquets and our lights of Christmas almost go dull. And we wondered what has happened or what is happening. We as Christians, we prayed. We called upon the name of our God. We prayed for protection. We prayed for those who felt sick and trusting God that this should pass away. The Bible is full of such circumstances. And I believe that your life sitting here is full of circumstances. Similar, sometimes worse than what happened in 2020. We see a list of circumstances and the people involved recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. We just sang the song. Now we're going to see our heroes of the faith. Now you're singing, you will see the heroes of the faith. You're forgetting that you also is supposed to be a hero of the faith. Because there are some who have to look at you and say, I want to go to heaven the day you and I are gone. Our children, our grandchildren, that they want to see us again as the heroes of their faith. As we sing that we're going to see the heroes of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Daniel, Shadrach, Abednego, and the name goes, the list goes on. We see them listed in the book, the Hall of Faith book we call Hebrews 11. But in, embedded in this chapter is the very wonderful statement which I started by saying, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. What exactly does that mean? What is the purpose of man? Why did God create us? It's to please him. Why did God create you and I? It's to please him. That we will have fellowship. And if we, without faith, we can't do what God has created us for then we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, how much of it do I have? 
We are saved by faith, by grace, and unto that day. But while we live on earth, we need to walk by our God. We need to walk according to the principles of our Lord. We need to walk according to the doctrines of the Bible. What do we need? We need faith to walk through. We just listened to the uh, MCA administrator who talked to us about why we need to bring our kids to MCA. I have three daughters at MCA, and it is at MCA, at the school, with their teachers, that they gave their life to Christ. Hallelujah. And so this morning, the Bible makes reference here, without faith it is impossible to please God. That reference was made to a man called Enoch. Enoch was six and seven generations of Adam descendants. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, the Bible tells us this very important statement, that Enoch walked with God. I want you to remember this. Enoch walked with God. The word walk with God means he had a relationship with God. To walk with God means he obeyed God. Amen? And so as children of God, with the spirit of God in us, we cannot walk without God. We must walk with God. And the question is, how far am I walking with God? Is God behind me or before me? How far on the left am I walking with God? How far on the right am I walking with God? But the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. <clears throat> we see that in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. What does that mean? The Bible says, doing things that are acceptable to God, depending on God. Fellowship with God. Only Enoch enjoyed such a level of intimacy. And because of that, the Bible says something that we all know. He did not die. He did not die. He did not die because he walked with God. It's very powerful when we have God, the God of the creation, when we have God with whom nothing is impossible, even death, life. He is the giver of life. Because of Enoch's relationship with God, because of Enoch's intimacy with God, because he walked with God, he received a privilege that many of us, the Bible says, he did not die. We see exactly how this played out in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. When Adam sinned, he stepped out of God's dependence into independence which is unbelief. When Adam sinned, he stepped out of God's dependence into independence. The Bible says when God comes, he will walk with man in the garden. But this, on this day, God came, and man wasn't willing to walk with God as he used to be because of sin. And that led to man's independence are not dependent on God. Because God had created everything in the garden and given it to man. God gave man everything that man needed. 
But when man had to be independent, God said, you need to now go and till the soil. Man didn't need to when they were dependent on God. But now when man became independent, he had to get his own food. He had to get his own meat. He had to get his own, you know, grass or whatever to feed on. That was independent of man. And so that is where we are. That is who we have become. So much independent of God. Walking away from God in so many ways. In so many ways, we're walking away from God. But this morning, my prayer is that we'll get back to that place where we are close and have that intimate relationship with God. This is the reason God has placed such high priority on faith. Faith is the way we come back into relationship with God. God dependence. We see that through his son, Jesus Christ, his one and only son, whom he sent to die for us. And it's by faith that we receive that gift of salvation. It's only by faith. And it's by faith we will walk with God as long as we are on this earth until the day when our Savior comes. But our Savior asks us this question, will the Son of Man find faith when he comes? This dependency on God is called faith. We see in 1 Kings chapter 17. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read a few passages here, then I'm going to talk to you about, you know, the lessons we can pull from this message. Read, uh, I'm going to read chapter verse 1 to 4. First Kings, it's a story a lot of us know. The Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be a dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord, verse 2, came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward. And hide thyself by the brook, cherry, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. Amen? That's verse 4. We know what happened in this story. Elijah had pronounced a drought. And so God now is directing Elijah to where he's going to stay, where he's going to find water, because there's no more water, there's no more rain, there's no more dew. And so the Lord directed Elijah. Now verse 7. And it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Amen? Now, verse 8 to 16 talks to us about God now asking Elijah to leave the brook. And this is very important. And the word of the Lord came, to, came unto him, saying, Arise, verse 9, get thee to Zarephath which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. He says, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. It was a command. God had commanded. There were no mobile phones. There was no way to text. There was no way to call, right? There were no faxes. 
But God told Elijah, I have commanded a woman to take care of thee. How, God? How did you send the message? Amen? How did you send the message? But this is what happened. So he rose, that's Elijah, and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of the sticks. God had commanded a woman. But when Elijah got there, Elijah did not just see a woman, a widow. Elijah saw the widow. Elijah saw the widow because there were many widows, but there was one, the widow, that God had commanded. And that is the widow that Elijah met. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, there is the person that God is going to put on your way, in your journey, in this life. Not a person, the person. And you will know that this is God. Because there is no way, no how, that everything I've asked God for is happening right now through you, through me, to you. Because God has the person at the time that you need to be there. It's not just any person. There are so many people in this world. But there is the person, the widow. The Bible tells us. Let's continue reading. Verse 10. The widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her, that's Elijah, and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. The brook is dry, so Elijah is now needing water, right? So he asked the lady, the widow, fetch me some water. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her, verse 11, and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now the conversation is changing a little bit. Elijah wanted water to drink. And the woman didn't have a problem because water, probably she had it. So she was going to get the water. And Elijah shouted again, so, well, give me a minute. Can you also bring some bread while you come? I want you to listen to this. And she said, verse 12, now she turned and said, you know what? I have to tell you something first. Listen, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. She's telling Elijah very clearly, you are not part of this plan. Right? My plan is, I got two sticks in my hand, I'm going to go make fire. I have some flour. I have some oil. Elijah wanted cake. She's probably thinking, I don't have every ingredient to make cake at this moment, Elijah. But what I got is flour and oil. Whatever that comes out to be, that is what we're going to eat, and then we just wait and die. But Elijah, you want cake? I don't have yeast because it's going to take some time, right? I don't have everything to make cake, Elijah, but this is what I got. As long as your God liveth, this is what I have. 
And the Bible tells us, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake. Elijah still insists. Yeah, go do as you had a plan. But guess what? Still just carve out that cake for me. Just carve it out and bring it first. Now, Elijah didn't say, make it in yours, then come and give it. He said, no, just carve mine out of what you have. Give it to me first. Then you and your son, you know, you guys can figure out the rest. Amen? For thus saith the Lord, verse 14, God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went, verse 15, and did according to the saying, he went and did according to the saying of Elijah. That means she went and first made the cake for Elijah before she made whatever she needed to make for her and her son. Based on what? Based on what? Based on the word of God. Elijah said to her, verse 14, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, that flour will never run dry, the oil will never run dry until the day that rain comes back. And she heard it. She heard it. And she said, you know what? It doesn't look real. What I have is not going to be enough for two days. And you, Elijah, you are telling me that if I make a cake for you and whatever is left for me and my son, it will not run dry until the day rain comes back. She did not question it. She did not ask how. Because she herself started by saying, as long as the, thy God liveth. Do we have a God that liveth? Do we have a God that liveth? Do we have a God that is alive? Do we have a God that is not made by hands of man? Do we have a God that created the heavens and the earth? Do we have a God that is still alive today? Do we have a God that is eternal? Do we have a God that when he speaks to dust, dry bones, they get life? Is that the God we serve? Is that the God you and I serve? Or we have chosen to be independent? And so the story continues. Very interesting story here. The barrel of meal shall not waste. The Bible continues in verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. There's nothing else that we can build our faith on, but on the word of God. The Bible says faith cometh by word, by hearing, by hearing word. The word of God. Not by CNN, not by Fox News, not by Instagram, not by Facebook, not by any other means. Not by any other means, but by hearing the word of God. 
You can put your faith in anything else. You can put your faith in a football team. You can put your faith in whatever you want. But guess what? You know, as much as they're failing and losing, you're still going to watch them. But our God never fails. He never fails. And there's only one way we have to build our faith on our God. Is by the word of our God. Because all this conversation between Elijah and the widow was all about what God has said. It's all about what God said. What the woman knows about God and what Elijah said God said. And everything came together. Hallelujah. Amen? And so we see here, this is the work of faith. As Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 verse 23, you can, if you can believe, if you can believe, now Jesus if you can believe, if I can believe, Mark 9, 23, all things, not some things, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes, if you can believe. Again, we see this statement made by our Lord Jesus in Matthew 17, 20. Because of your unbelief, for I surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for who? For Jesus? For Jesus? For you? For you? You know why? Because you have Jesus. Because you have God. And because you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. When I go, I will send the Comforter, the Spirit. But when I go, or because I go, you will do more than me. Because now you have Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit backing us up. All three of them are behind us, supporting with power. And that's what the expectation for us is that we can do more. Because the Godhead, the Trinity, is with us. Impossible for you. We see this story in Acts chapter 3. I'm not going to go read it, but you can read it later. If you read it from verse 1 to 13. The Bible tells us about, about Peter and John. In verse 2, or Acts chapter 2, what had happened? The Holy Spirit had come upon them. And the Bible tells us Peter had just preached. 3,000 have given their life to Christ. Amen? And in Acts chapter 3, Peter was heading to the, to the temple. It was time of prayer. And there was this man right by there. A lame man. Peter had seen him so many times. Peter had met him so many times. But on this day, on this day, the Bible tells us when Peter got there, in fact, there's something we need to read about. Acts chapter 3, verse, verse 1. See if we can get there. Acts, Acts chapter 3. We're going to start from verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up, gathered into the temple at the hour of prayer. Amen? 
Now, verse 4, Peter came to this man and he said, and Peter, fastening his eyes unto him with John, said, look on us. Behold, look, focus on me. Right? Focus on me. Keep your attention on us, Peter and John, because something is going to happen in your life today. Something is going to happen right now. Keep your eyes on me. Forget about the circumstances around you. Forget about what you can actually see and feel. But guess what? Just keep your focus on us and see what is going to happen. The Bible says the man lifted his eyes, focused on them, expecting to get what he normally gets. A few coins out here. But the Bible says in verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, that's the man, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have give, I thee. Your expectations are too low. The man's expectations were too low. He was expecting his routine silver or gold. But he had a problem that silver and gold could not solve. He had an issue that silver and gold could not resolve. And Peter said, your expectations are too low. God says your expectations are too low. If you walk with God, if you put your trust in God, the Bible says if you believe nothing is impossible to you, why are your expectations too low? And the man looked at them. And Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately what happened? His feet and uncle bones received strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that something that is too hard for you? It is not too hard for our God. Don't put your expectations on the things that you think you can do, on the things that you can imagine, on the things that you can control. Put your expectations on God, on the impossible, because our God, with him, nothing is impossible. This man wasn't expecting what he got, but that was the problem he had. That was his problem. He was lame from birth. He couldn't walk. But he wasn't asking to walk. He was asking for coins. And that's who we are. We are asking for the things that we can just see short-sighted. But God is telling us this morning that I am the I am. I am who created the heavens. I spoke into existence and it came to pass. Put your trust on me. Lean not on your own understanding and I will direct your path. Let your expectations not be too low. Because with God, nothing is impossible. What is faith? Bible says Peter heals the lame man. But this is what Peter said. I know some of you are sitting here listening to me. You're like, well, you know, I don't think I can do this. Well, let me tell you what Peter said. Peter said this in... Um, in, in verse 12, because everybody now was excited about what has happened. And they came around the man. The man was rejoicing and praising God. 
And in verse 12, the Bible says, this is what Peter said. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Peter made it very clear. It is not by our power. It is not by our holiness. Because we are not. But I'll tell you who has made this man walk. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God the Father. It is not you and me. It is not Peter and John. But through them, the power of Jesus... The power that resurrected him from the dead. That same power the Bible says. The Holy Spirit looks like it is in you. And it looks like it is in me. What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? Are we keeping our expectations too low? And Peter went on to say this. Verse 16. And his name through faith in his name had made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Ye, the faith which is by him, had given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The faith, it is faith that brought that man to his feet, lame from his mother's womb. Faith can move mountains. Jesus said, if you have it, as the master said, Peter had been seeing this man for many years. But on that day, with his Holy Spirit upon him, the same Holy Spirit that we have upon us, in us, Peter said, no. Today, you will rise up and walk. Amen. By the power and the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is faith? Faith is obedient action in response to what God has said. Faith is obedient action to what God has said. True faith is expressed in one, obedience. Two, action in response. And three, hearing God's word. The widow heard God's word. Elijah said, this is what God said. Elijah heard God's word. Now go, I have a widow. I've commanded a widow for you. He went. Elijah gave the word of God to the woman to do. Make my own cake first. She did, exactly. And our Lord is speaking unto us this morning. If only you believe, with you nothing will be impossible. It is his word. And that's why faith cometh by the word of God. Let's look back in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 1. I'm going to read Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now Hebrews 11 verse 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's not a substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. You can feel it, you can touch it, it is tangible, but invisible. Our faith, the Bible says, is tested. If you read 1 Peter 1, verse 7, 
How is our faith tested? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Faith is this substance. The word substance is the same Greek word that is translated express image in Hebrews 1.3 and confidence in Hebrews 3.14. So you can replace the word substance with express image. An express image is something that you see, right? Confidence. So faith is the confidence or faith is the express image of what? Of Jesus Christ. Faith is the confidence on who? On Jesus Christ. That is that substance which you can feel it. You think you can touch it. You can hold it. But it's invisible. That is what it is. You cannot demonstrate faith without giving up something. You cannot demonstrate faith without giving up something. Our human nature is to hold on to things. We want to hold on to everything. We want to keep everything. And that's why we have garages packed with boxes that we don't know when we're going to get to it. That's why we have shoes under the bed, over the bed, in the drawers. We have clothes everywhere. Some of them are already getting old and short, but we're still holding on to it. But I'll tell you what. You have to give up something to hold onto this substance. You cannot rely on yourself and hold on to this substance. You cannot rely on your own independence and hold on to this substance. For you to be God-dependent, you have to hold on to this substance. You need to have the confidence, not in yourself, not in your ability, not in what you know, not in your education, but in who God is. In who God is. It is the evidence of things not seen. True faith is not based on empirical evidence, but on divine assurance, and it's a gift of God. What is the basis of faith? As I round up here, back to Hebrews 11. The Bible says in that verse 6, For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's what the scripture says. He who comes to God must believe that he is, period. That he is who? We see in Hebrews 6.13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Go tell the children of Israel, I am has sent you. He is. He whoever comes to God must know that he is, period. He is God. He is Yahweh. He is Adonai. He is the creator. If you are going to have faith in God, you need to know who he is. So who, he, who, who is he? Malachi 3, 6 tells us, he cannot change. For I am the Lord, 
I do not change. He cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that should repent. He said, and he will not do. Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill? He cannot fail. I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Job 42, verse 2. The Bible says he will not leave you, nor forsake you. Do you believe it? Because he is. He's not a man that will lie. He's not a man that will fail. He says he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son. I know many of you here have believed him. That's why we have received salvation. And then we stop believing everything else he just said. After that, for those of you who have not yet known him, you need to put your trust on what he has done on the cross. And everything else that he has said, we can't trust one of it and then forget about the other. It is him, the same him. I am that I am. He's not a man that will fail. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. First Chronicles 28, 20. That was David speaking to his son Solomon. And did Solomon finish the work of the Lord? Yes, he did. Because the Lord never forsake him. Church, let me ask you this question. Which God are we serving? Which God are we serving? Is it the same God of Abraham? After he has passed his age and his wife Sarah has passed age of childbearing, but still have faith in God to sacrifice his only son? Is it the same God of Daniel? As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge, the Bible says, and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel 1.17. Is it the same God we serve? Think so. He is. He is. That is who he is. If you don't know him enough, a lot has been written about him in this book called the Bible. It's all about him. Don't put your trust on anything else. Don't put your trust on the news networks. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says they were put over the affairs of the provinces. They were made governors in a land, Babylon, where the king could not honor God. In the land, America, where the Senate would not honor God. The Congress would not honor God. But there was a Shadrach. There was a Meshach. There was an Abednego who would stand and say, King, no matter what happened, we will not worship your God. We will not give reverence to any God except our God. First commandment, thou shalt have no other God except me. Do you have any other God except him? If you do, 
I hope you do not. We should have no other God except him. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.